Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. We're upbringing. Hello. We're here live Q&A time uh, to talk about the hard stuff, why it's the good stuff, specifically tonight to talk <laughs> about why kids' resistance is valuable instead of what we've been programmed to believe, unnecessary, worrisome, unproductive, wrong, fucked up, in the butt, selfish, right? All, all the, the things. All the things. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're gonna break it's a been jinx. a little while. We've been on vacation and vacation is in full-time childcare. Um not working too much, figuring out our new home situation all together. Um, we're excited to be here tonight, though, to talk and to connect with you all. So those mm-hmm. of you who are on Instagram, let us know how things have been going. We talked earlier in our stories and prompted, like, what's, what do your kids have been resisting lately? Tell us everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so let us know how that's been going. Where have you been struggling? Where has it been hard? Where's mm-hmm. the resistance been happening? And maybe we can talk about why there's value in that. That's kind of like our I whole thing that. that we talk about. It's kind here. of our Every thing. Yeah. <laughs> Let kids resist. Oh, yeah. why? Oh, how? Okay. We're, we're going to work on it. So yeah. we wanted to say too, briefly, we've got our new show up and grow up guide. It's backwards for you all so to download raw copy here. on our website, print it out, flip through it, hand it to uh, your partner, throw it at your mother-in-law, like whatever. Um, it's basically got 10 really vital reframes that we've kind of put together based on working with you all yeah. through this stuff. What are our automatic negative thoughts? What are our automatic assumptions? What is our cultural conditioning telling us that is like fucking up our job, serving these little people and fucking with our joy. I would also add, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. What, what's impeding us mm-hmm. in supporting our kids and healing our own trauma and wounds and growing up. Mm-hmm alongside our kids right so this so guy is here. where you can start right it's available on our our website at upbringing.co also you can find it on our little link in bio here on instagram right yeah. or in our show notes if you're listening to the podcast mm-hmm. right yeah and second super briefly also we've got our membership community coming up so that means it's a place think of this kind of instagram hub or this podcast hub but in a new format on mighty networks where we can be supporting this group, you, this small cohort of people, yeah. right? On all these issues, eating drama, meal, like bedtime drama, big feelings, challenging behaviors, hitting and hurting, anxiety and stress, mm-hmm. nervous system needs for those neurodiverse kids, all kids. What else? Yeah. Sibling conflict. Um, oh yeah. All the stuff. Transitions, learning and schooling. All the stuff we've been, time. we've been connecting with and supporting these last two or three years with you all. We all want to be in a safe community. So that's what the, the membership is going to be about. It's launching the 22nd. Hey, Bella. Hey, Betsy. A lot of um, 
uh, folks in our community are connecting here on Instagram, which is really cool to see mm-hmm. um, so many familiar faces. That's pretty great. Um, where do we want to take this next? Yeah. Do you want to talk one more second about the membership? So it's going to sure. be open in what, like a week-ish week, to week enroll. And yeah. And you just will pay a monthly membership to be able to pop in, connect with other like-minded folks, connect with us, mm-hmm. do the brief spiel hand. Yeah. We'll be doing bi-weekly or weekly lives. We'll have a book club that you can just tune into, listen to, read, whatever. Um, we're going to have like um, chat rooms that are specifically kind of themed so that things that are going on, you go into that and you can connect with people who are going through the same things with mm-hmm. support from Kelty and me. So mm-hmm. it's gonna, just going to be really well organized, really safe, really um, just hopefully really comfortable and relaxed inclusive. and inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the goal. So we're excited about Check it. Check that let, out. Let us know if you have questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else is going on? I just want to say, how are you doing, Han? I'm doing okay. <laughs> I was going to be like, if, I hope you asked me that so I can be like, I'm struggling. I was, I was looking at, yeah. well, you asked me, so let, let me go first, oh, please. Please, um, you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was looking at myself here on the camera on Instagram and I'm like, I don't look like I was crying earlier, but I was mm-hmm. definitely crying earlier. Um, I dropped my kiddos off at a beautiful, small little art camp um, nearby our house this morning. And we hadn't had a lot of information on what would it would entail, mm-hmm. um, what it would look like, uh, but everyone seemed generally on board for something they everyone didn't sign. Everyone two kids. Right. Something, yeah. Generally on board for something they didn't sign up for, specifically on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we got there, my daughter, Roy, who's eight, all of a sudden was just seized with kind of anxiety and didn't want to get out of the car, didn't feel ready. And this has happened with her before, obviously before scary things like a blood draw or, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, the first day of <clears throat> school or things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think this felt very momentous to her because it was something she really wanted to do and something she was excited about because she's really into art mm-hmm. and then seeing kids that she didn't know, which hasn't happened that much in the pandemic, let alone just this summer at mm-hmm. all felt a little intimidating and she just didn't want to go. And so I played it really cool at first. But then as time started going on, it was like 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes where we're there. I was getting texts from you a little bit with like little crying faces. But I started getting sucked into it. I feel like being in the car and being in such a close space with somebody else who's struggling, right? To to do something that they want to do but can't do and are stuck about it and divided Mm -hmm. about it is just, it was really hard for me. And I think it triggered a lot of feelings in me of maybe when I as a child didn't want to go to something <clears throat> and was forced to go or maybe as a child who when I really wanted to go to something but I couldn't bring myself to do it and mm-hmm. I didn't have the support or the skills in managing my anxiety to make it happen mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it was I'm gonna have to process this later with my therapist but mm-hmm. I really struggled with her struggling in certain moments and I kept toggling back and forth between being like okay so you're not ready yet to go totally understand I'm here for you until you're ready because mm-hmm. we're not gonna bail Right. And we're not, I'm not going to force you into this camp. Right. So we're just going to find the middle road and whatever works. That middle road that we promote often through upbringing is so hard. Sometimes. It's so fucking hard. It's so much easier to control the shit out of our kids yeah. or to just let it all go and just pull the plug on whatever it is. Right. Right. That middle way is where all the growth and magic happens. And often where it's really like where tricky. it takes a lot longer sometimes. Yeah. And so then I would find myself just getting really anxious and saying things like, all those other kids are there. Like, you know, what, what's your hang up? Like wanting mm-hmm. to understand what it was, but that's what like tiptoeing into shaming territory exactly. a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Or saying things like, 
I have to work too. I mm -hmm. haven't worked for five fucking weeks. Like mm -hmm. all of these things were going through my mind that mm -hmm. I wanted to use to motivate her. But really it would just have been to express my own pain and my mm -hmm. own needs about the situation, right? Mm -hmm. So it was tricky and we just kind of kept waiting it out. And finally the teacher came over after like an hour and 15 minutes of us just kind of hanging in the car and then hanging outside the car because there was a bug that eventually got us out of the car, thank God, um, and moved on. But I came back to Kelsey's house and just cried really hard. I don't know why. I don't know if any of you can relate where something happens with your kid and it just, it strikes you so hard and it hurts so hard that they struggled with something. You know, maybe when you see that they, they're so strong or that they, deserve so much or that or they, they could do it, could do something so yeah. well and that they're not quite there yet, or they weren't there that way today, or that you're seeing yourself in those moments as a child and, and thinking, wow, that really hurt. And that was really hard when that happened to me or mm -hmm. didn't happen to me in this way, but a lot of emotional stuff going on. But I think it all boiled down to my daughter resisted going mm -hmm. into camp the same time everyone else did. Mm -hmm. And I had to take my own advice this morning. I had to say, Resistance is not unnecessary, worrisome, wrong, right? Worthless. It's actually very, very valuable. It helps me understand what's going on for her. It helps me realize that everyone has diverse needs and that maybe my daughter needs a little bit longer to acclimate places. It reminded me of when she was like two or three or four, when she would go to a park or go to a pool or do things and have to watch and check everyone out first, mm -hmm. right? I got there early today thinking maybe she would feel less overwhelmed before all the kids were there staring and watching her come, mm -hmm. but she actually maybe needed to watch everything happening and feel mm -hmm. safe about it and then try like dive into it. Mm -hmm. But her resistance was such good information to me that about what she needs to join into new social situations, what she needs as far as information goes about mm -hmm. something new she's doing. Mm -hmm. information about how I could show up to support her in different ways, mm -hmm. right? Which really comes down to my own self-reg and my own beliefs, right? Yeah. I was having trouble connecting to you. And I'm sorry that when your, your daughter was like refusing to get out of the car and go to camp and you were texting me like crying faces, I was just kind of like, why is this such a big deal? Right. And I think it was because like you said, you were in the bubble, you were right. in it. Later I was telling my husband and I was like, I don't know why I was so upset about it. <laughs> no. Like late, I'm totally calmed down now. Yeah. I'm not, I, because I wasn't spongy anymore. You were in the vortex of the storm of her emotional struggle. Yeah. And I think too, I worry that I wasn't as empathetic as I could have been because my kids resist that type of thing so much and yeah. so often. And I feel like I, it, I might've been a little bit cavalier and I'm sorry about that and just or dismissive and being like, it'll be fine. Try again tomorrow. Or she's not feeling it. Like this isn't the end of the world. Just mm -hmm. get a fresh donut in the morning or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think you were cavalier. I think just hearing your text just ha like, can, I think I just had to share something with you so that I wouldn't share it with Roy. Mm -hmm. And I think that text messaging come uh, leaning on a listening partner is mm -hmm. really great. And I feel like you listened and you didn't minimize it or blow it off. I think you just opened it up to say, it's going to be okay. Han. Mm -hmm. saying this is this is going to be all right and i took that and i and i even left my phone in the car and was just like we're going to deal with this together so nice. it, it went fine i think that's a good phrase good reminder to everyone when you don't know what to say to someone just say it's going to be okay we're going to get through this mm -hmm. just it's not I mean, you're fine it's not a big deal it's it's going to ultimately be okay and we're going to get through this says not sure how not sure when not sure the things but I see it, I feel it, I vibe it, right. I believe it. We're projecting security, <laughs> right? 
And so I mean, so much about it was that with my daughter's anxiety, I didn't want to tell her all of your fears are so real, which could often really make her fears and anxieties get bigger. And I also didn't want to go to the opposite side and validate your worries are no big deal, girl. It's Come fine. On. It's, it's fine. safe. Just go to camp. What, what I had to do again was find that middle line, which is so tricky to say you're feeling mm-hmm. right now. Like, there are too many kids. You're feeling right now like you're not sure about liking that project that they're gonna work on. Mm-hmm. You're not sure right now and you're having feelings of anxiety about what it's gonna be like coming in late to this. Mm-hmm. And then saying, we're gonna get through this and it's gonna be okay. I'm here to support you. And That's I just it. kept saying that over and over, which is what I was also trying to tell myself oh, at the same that. time. <laughs> hey, Ann, we're gonna get through it. Yeah, right? I love that you point to that middle way where we're so tempted based on our own discomfort, based on our own conditioning to control and force it and be like, it's been long enough. I'm just going to push it hard now or give an ultimatum or threat, whatever. Or I'm just going to be like, fine, hands up. We're going, we're leaving. We're stopping this. Like never we're mind. Bailing. And I think that that's where that magic is. Like we mentioned, this reminds me of our friend Leslie who says, you just have to sit in the shit. Sometimes it's just prolonging that discomfort mm-hmm. and saying, I'm feeling uncomfortable and noticing that. I'm feeling stress and having fears. Things are popping into my mind and just kind of sitting and trying to be present and hold those things gently and just let them happen. And a lot of it is like we've talked about before with your kids too, Hannah is waiting it out. And it's not waiting it out. Like, fine, I will just wait until you're ready to go. Not a standoff (laughs) wait it out. Yeah. But just a wait it out being like, I'm going to buy my time because I know that time is what's going to help time with a a very like a little bit of a sense of security. That's the magic sauce. Do any of you deal with this, this kind of like, do I go harder and push it with my child who's resisting or do I totally bail on whatever Mm -hmm. it is? This could be about toothbrushing. This could be about bedtime. This could be about getting out the door for school. Mm -hmm. This could be about an extracurricular like it was for me today with my daughter's art camp. Mm -hmm. This could be about wearing socks versus not socks or particular items of clothing. This could be what they eat or what they don't eat. Mm -hmm. These are all the things where we have to decide and weigh the pros and cons and figure Mm -hmm. out that middle way of saying, do I overdo it? Do I underdo it? Or do I just get really comfortable little by little in the middle and figuring it out alongside them? But I love that. I love that we're giving ourselves these little steps towards awareness building with any moment that we're starting to feel that in our bodies that like, Oh, or why can't they just this? Or why won't this go my way? Or why is this so hard? We can say, I've got three choices. I can control and react and just lean into just letting it all out and doing it the way that my, that my instinct says, just do it, which isn't necessarily optimal. Doesn't always feel good. Power over type, a little power over, a little controlling. Probably we all do it right. Or we can lean in with connection, right? If we have the threshold for that, yeah. where we can problem solve, we can wait it out, we can take those deep breaths, we can do those things. Any conflict with our kids, we've got those two options, control, connect, and then we've got that third option, right? Which is let it go. Just for let now. it go for now. Yeah. We will circle back on this later. And I feel like it's an option that a lot of us push off maybe too long, maybe forever or we don't recognize as an option, or we think it's a permissive option, or we mm-hmm. think that it's that it's not even on the table. It has to be our way or the highway. It can be really productive to say, you know, we're gonna table this, or we're gonna mm-hmm. call it and head home and try again. <laughs> we'll or we're try gonna let this thing go tonight because I don't wanna control you. 
and I don't have the, the capacity for connection. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that middle way, that really is an mm-hmm. option to like, let that go sometimes for mm-hmm. sure. It's a safety option and it can be very productive as well to reduce the pressure and the counter mm-hmm. pressure, counter, uh, kind of resistance. resistance. Yeah. yeah. With our so, kids. Just a last plug on our show up and grow up <laughs> guide, which is downloading for free on our website. Check it out. Link in bio. But our, one of our reframes in this guide is that our kids resistance is not unnecessary, troublesome, worrisome, unproductive, whatever it is, but that it's valuable. Do you want to read it here? Yeah, the reframe, it's reframe number two, and it says, should we believe the kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors are negative, worthless, worrisome signs mm-hmm. about them or us, mm-hmm. which I had those feelings today about my daughter. I was like, I was like, I feel so much personal shame that I didn't prepare her well or that I'm like raising her to just not join things or be socially able to dive into stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm raising an anxious child. Or I was like, then I would flip to her and blame her and be like, why can't she just be normal and go into things like other kids do right when things start? Or like, what's wrong? And then I would fear spiral and think, oh my gosh, is she going to be an adult who can't join teams and join stuff? Like our kids are self-directed learners, so they do unschooling stuff. So they don't do a lot of these things. And it really triggered that schoolish feeling in me mm-hmm. that says you have to learn how to do things with other people. You mm-hmm. have to participate in play events, well with others, but you have to, to be institutionalized or mm-hmm. institutional savvy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you can't make it in life. So mm-hmm. that really tapped into that fear for me today. Mm-hmm. But instead this belief flips it to say these resistances are valuable, right? Viewing our kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors as natural and a helpful way to understand their needs can allow everyone to know, feel, and do better. Let kids resist. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to say too, it's not just understanding our kids' needs when they resist, but understanding who they are also, mm-hmm. right? Not just what their worries yeah. or anxieties or like questions or hesitancies or needs are, but also just saying, what type of person are they? And my daughter pointed that out today where she said, I usually do art by myself in my room. <laughs> I'm doing my cat drawings, doing my stuff, listening to my cat story and doing art with other people sounds really cool and also so fucking weird. And I don't know if I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that, that is so helpful to know when you yeah. lean into their resistance mm-hmm. with curiosity instead of judgment with connection instead of control, some really interesting things can kind of come to the surface about who our kids are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that just fundamental acceptance though. If we can just say, can I accept my child for who they are and for the resistance in this moment? Like the resistance is signaling who they are and want to continue to yeah. become. And I think that that's, that's the big leap and that's a huge part of what we do is when our kids resist, that's our ding ding. That's the roadmap. And I think that so often that's our initial moment of, oh, I roll or, oh, what about me? Or, oh, this is, this is messing up our, our day or our situation or our event, or especially all those fun ones this summer. It's or like, the ones you pay for. It's always the birthday party. Yeah. It's always the camp. It's always the zoo. It's always the beach yeah. trip. It's always the vacation. It's always the whatever. Those extra special fun ones where a lot of our sensitive and strong-willed neurodiverse kids struggle extra yeah. with those fun extra things. Mm-hmm. Right. But to say, how can I work to accept fundamentally that if they're resisting, there's a reason for that. And not to say their resistance means I just let everything go. I just Mm -hmm. give them their way all the time. I just do everything they say. I didn't. My daughter wanted to go home. She pretended to walk home. She's like, I'm just (laughs) going to go home. 
and it's not even our future, it's our future home. She like, and it's a very busy street. Like, mm -hmm. no, she cannot walk that street. Yeah. But I didn't say, okay, let's go home. And I also didn't force her in. So I mm -hmm. honored her resistance. Really? I didn't acquiesce to it. I honored it in a really interesting way that was important to me because my kids don't resist all that often compared to yours, Kelty. Kelty gets the practice all the time. I don't know about you all, how often you deal with your kids' resistance. Is it every single time you bring something up? Is it every single time you have something to do? Is it every single time it's a general routine item, right? Mm -hmm. Or do those pop up every now and then and they take you by surprise and it's really challenging. I think Kelsey and I represent two sides two of the sides. same coin yeah. of different types of kids who constantly resist and then who, you know, randomly resist. And they're both hard. They're both really, really hard yeah. in, in different unique ways. Yeah. And both of them matter. The, the way we show up as parents in those ways, it's hard on us. It was hard on me today. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a parenting coach and I'm, I'm the one standing out here with their kid that won't go into this class. Like, what does that say about me? What does that yeah. say about her? That's something so human. interesting too, that like something that we've talked with a lot of coaching folks who say like, my God, I've been respecting my kids since the beginning. I did some rise stuff. I've been like on their autonomy, all these things. So it's not working. Like now they're the one that's saying no. They're the one that's that's stopping up parties and refusing to leave. They're the one that's embarrassing me in public because they're just saying whatever they think. And we're like, yes, that means it is working. <laughs> right. Not that it's not working, but it's so hard. Like the work that we're putting in isn't to raise perfectly obedient kids. It's to raise messy human beings with skills that don't compromise their authenticity and who integrity. they are and yeah. integrity. And that's going to take time to develop yeah. the nuanced delivery that we're all hoping for, right? It's going to take a little time. Yeah. Right. And I think it's okay too, to feel that like you can kind of represent that, like, Oh my God, today was hard. My daughter resisting going to this thing triggered me into this fear spiral of what she's needing and who she is and what, what will happen to her in the future? Or why can't she just be X, Y, Z? My job as a parent. Yeah. All those things. And I think that that's what a lot of the folks we work with being like, Oh my God, we're in a chronic stress situation. And these things are happening or this one time this thing happened and I just couldn't handle it. And then we work with a lot of families too, more like me where I'm like, this is so chronic. I'm just burnt out by the amount of resistance. Every single thing feels like an argument. Every single thing feels so hard. And I think that, that that's why I'm grateful that I have you Hannah too, to step in or just be like, wow, that is so hard. Like even just that validation. And I just want to say, that's what our future community membership is. community that, yes. is all about is at that visit, that sense of recognition and visibility. Those parents saying, I see you. I get that. I struggle with that. I have a kid who also right. never or, stops. I never have had that. And wow, like you're amazing for experiencing that and moving forward and doing what you do. I love that too. Bella, you said, this is such a good point. It is working when our kids speak their minds and stand up for themselves. Yeah. I mean, we're all conditioned to believe success, right? As a, as a child in our parenting is having kids who do what everybody says, who conform, who obey, who perform, who do all these things. And again, we're reframing our mindset to say, that's not actually our goal. Ultimately, it would be great to have a child who can, can perform, obey, achieve, do all those things within reason. But really what's so important right now is for them to be building and growing from the inside out and saying, who am I? What do I need? And it's going to look super fucking messy these early years because they don't have the communication skills yet to represent what's going on inside. 
the inside is what we're working on. But that's what so much of this guide is about, is saying, how can our goal with our kids not be assimilation, but authenticity, mm-hmm. right? Especially in these early years, especially with the outside world, putting those pressures for assimilation so and compliance and conformity and obedience on them. Society is doing its job on that. How can we be that one place at home that says, you, I want to know about you. I want to hear about you. I want to learn about you. I want to understand you so I can help you do those things too, so that you stay tethered to that inner wisdom and authority that's going to guide you in boundary setting, right? In advocating for your own body autonomy, independence, freedom of will, and for other people joy. as well. And joy as things. well. Right? All the things that a lot of us in our 30s and 40s these days are struggling with to say, well, who am I? What do I need? What do I deserve? How do I get that? How do I assert that? When we've all been conditioned to say everyone else's needs matter most. Mm-hmm. Everyone else's vision and judgment is the way I should be acting and behaving and showing up rather than saying, what do I need? What do I deserve? Mm-hmm. I can do both. And I think that that's what this, this parenting approach is that we talk about in the guide that Kilty mentioned and also that we really emphasize in the community is saying the work we're doing isn't going to, to, to overplay the socialization focus that our kids are going to get in a huge way in every other institution in their lives. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to balance out hopefully a little of that so that we can raise kids who say, yes, society and other people and me, so they can be joyous, resilient, mm-hmm. self-loving, right? Balance their beliefs people. in here, which we'll yeah. talk about on another live I think but <clears throat> our kids uh let me see boop, 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 boop. our kids um kind of responsibility to themselves versus others mm-hmm. which is like it might be on the back of that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. should we believe that kids should always behave in socially acceptable ways that support others and reflect positively on us Yes, that would be amazing, but no, we can bravely work to believe our kids' primary job is to not others, but themselves. Mm-hmm. That's just the hardest thing ever because I think our cultural conditioning says make our kids responsible for other people's feelings. Many adults, right? For society's expectations. It's Train so them natural. to be conscientious citizens before they even know what they fucking need or who they fucking are. But I think that that's a real concern for a lot of us, especially cis, straight, able-bodied white women mm-hmm. who are like, oh no, my child will not be a racist human being. They need to be thinking about other people's needs. They need to be thinking about being a conscientious person who is of service. Right. As a privileged person. Right. And all of those values are so right on. Yeah. And I think that the child development aspect of it comes in and says, yes, but let's focus on the inside right now. Right. Because that's actually what's going to get our kids there. Right. It it reframes Mm -hmm. our kids' selfish antics are developmentally normal, directly reflect and support their nervous system and promote their long-term growth. Let kids be kids. So we will get to that absolutely at an upcoming live. Uh, Someone mentioned here, they said, how do I stop feeling like I have to explain my parenting to everyone? I always feel like people are judging me and I'm tired of standing up for myself and my children. Mm. Yes, Dorothy. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you so much. I think, I mean, feeling like we have to explain ourselves is something we've been conditioned to believe, right? Constantly Mm -hmm. that others are judging us and we somehow have to justify 
our own needs rather than just exist with our own needs mm -hmm. and say, I don't have to explain shit to anyone. Me saying my needs and having my needs is enough. How many of us was raised that way? Like that that's what Nobody, we're trying to pass right? on to our kids. Yeah. I'm trying to look at my kids and say, your existence is enough. Mm -hmm. You right now in this moment is enough. Yeah. And I think the fact that you feel like people are judging you and, and part of that is like your conditioning and it's maybe also that you're a sensitive spongy person, right? So Kelty and I, we're very high self-monitoring. So we're monitoring ourselves, other people, this, this, this. How's everyone How's feeling? Everybody what are they doing? thinking? What might they be doing? <gasps> da, 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 da. And that's a beautiful super skill and it's actually a really adaptive coping mechanism that we developed maybe to support ourselves to feel more secure in our in our youth to say if i can know what everybody needs and what they're all thinking and believing then i can maybe meet those things and feel safer and feel safer myself and so that's such a normal thing so i don't want to say just get over it don't care about what anyone thinks that would be really dismissive and that's not what i would personally want to hear <clears throat> i was feeling the same thing this morning when my daughter wouldn't go into camp and I was thinking like it was at a friend's house who like I could hear was like on the phone or in the kitchen. And I was like, what are they thinking right now? Like my daughter doesn't want to go into camp. Like what are they thinking about me or them? And I wasn't having to justify anything, but I was put into the spiral of thinking, oh my God, I'm not good enough. They're judging me. And I feel like so much about this and something we talk about and we'll, we really unpack a lot in our upcoming membership community is parenting in the wild and mm -hmm. saying, how can we be? allying with our child as our primary focus and saying, mm -hmm. I have to continue to think that, or begin to think actually, that being my child's advocate is going to create safety, not just for them, but for me ultimately. That I don't have to be safe anymore by meeting other people's needs. In the wild, I can just be safe enough meeting my child's needs and being their advocate. Attempting to meet them. Attempting <laughs> to meet them even. And that other people's judgments when we really open it up and talk about it and get into it, we, we talk about with mother-in-laws, with partners, mm -hmm. with sister-in-laws, with all these people, with friends, saying, why are they judging that if they even are? Why would they be doing that? It's maybe because they also feel insecure, maybe because they don't feel safe mm -hmm. when they see somebody doing something else that's different. And when we can remember that and get curious mm -hmm. about why other people would judge us in our parenting, we can think, oh my gosh, we're all in this together. We're all just trying to, to yeah. figure all this stuff out. And it's not about me in these moments that I'm parenting mm -hmm. and someone's watching it. It's really about them. That's why they're responding in those ways mm -hmm. because they maybe feel, oh my gosh, I didn't do that. Oh my gosh, I'm not doing that. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, my parents didn't do that. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. I don't feel safe in seeing something that's different than how I was raised or how I'm raising my kids right now. Yeah, or how I did. Right? Yeah. And then how are we separating that? You know, not owing people an explanation or having to make other people feel safe when we're not feeling safe mm -hmm. and saying, I can be okay. Just like Kelty was saying, can we learn to be okay and more comfortable in our child's discomfort? Like I was with my daughter today when she was anxious about going into camp. And I was kept having to really, as I'm reassuring her, reassure myself that it was okay. What mm -hmm. was going on, normalizing it. Right. Can we also do that for ourselves yeah. with these, these people in the wild and saying, they're going to be okay. They're doing their thing. Yeah. I have to take care of myself. In yeah. What moments. is that bare minimum thing? Yeah. Self-regulation. And then I think often we'll also just reflect back. Yeah. So if someone says, what, why are you doing that? Or you just let her do this or whatever it is, literally just re like restate what they just said. That sounds like you made you uncomfortable or that's really new for you. Or 
I could see that this is a little bit different, right? Or maybe that's not how you did it. Like just one phrase, or we did, we've done a couple episodes on this too, this. Mm. Right, whatever they say, just mm. But we could also, mm. I mean, I think so much in these moments too where justifying isn't about, it could be about making other people feel more comfortable. And it could also just be about, as we said, feeling more safe ourselves and what our choices are, right? Because we're feeling criticized or judged or whatever it is. And saying, maybe just uh, mentioning what our kid is needing. My kid is feeling uncomfortable right now and I'm here to support her. She's wanting more and I don't have any more. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to work through it. Mm -hmm. She's working on sharing right now and we're practicing it, mm -hmm. right? She's learning to feel <clears throat> disappointed sometimes and that's hard. Mm -hmm. And so thinking of ways like what could that mantra be that helps you remember what you're doing and why, and also maybe helps that stranger, that other person yeah. key in a little bit, or at least be like, oh, she's on this, mm -hmm. or he's on this, or they know what they're doing, right? Yeah, love it. But I think that the more confident we start getting in our approach, the less um, kind of justifying, we, justifying have we have to do to other people, the more kind of <clears throat> just confidence and clarity we have that we can just let all of that stuff mm -hmm. go and just nod and be strong in ourselves. And that's, that's not like shame on if we're not there yet. Yeah. It's a huge process over time, right? Yeah. And with different types of people where we still toggle with strangers, I'm just like, Phew. and with other certain people in my life, I, I get stressed, right? Yeah, for so sure. It's a process. So we've got one question here to kind of wrap our, our little uh, Q&A and episode up. This is a big one. How do we stay calm when we are rushing to go to work and need to get out of the house quickly with our kids, but they're refusing. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when time is very limited in the mornings, mm -hmm. I feel like that's such a, a universal challenge in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. How can we work with our kids instead of against them? How can we be an ally with our kids instead of the police rushing them along? How can we take what is this finite amount of time in a morning scenario and make the most of it? How can we flip the script on something that has gone totally off the rails and is feeling incredibly stressful for everybody to make it feel a little more collaborative, to make it feel a little bit more communicative, a little more creative and communal. Yeah. Something we talk about a lot in our small group coaching, which we're not doing right now, but we're going to kind of integrate a lot of that stuff into the membership community starting August 22nd. It's open for enrollment is talking about the timeline mm -hmm. and saying, instead of putting all of this pressure and stress on our kids to get out the fucking door or get into bed or, you know, do whatever it is, let's open up the timeline and expand it and think, where can we be fine tuning the routine, the environment, our approach, all mm -hmm. of these things that can help build context, build skills, build connection. And I think when I think about morning stress, which we deal with so much in the small group coaching, Mm -hmm. I think so much about what's happening at night. Mm -hmm. What's going on at night? What time is everyone going to bed? And how's that going? And so maybe yeah. starting, instead of talking about the morning routine and how problematic mm -hmm. it is, we can talk about the nighttime routine first and where there are some holes and where we want to be fine-tuning that. Because I think a lot of times when we have no time in the morning, it's often because our kids are going to bed later possibly and pushing things. Or where maybe we're not able to connect with a partner and then we're doing it in the morning. And then like there, there are things and logistical things that could maybe get kind of fine tuned a little to build that time mm -hmm. in that's putting pressure less on your kids. I love and that. You. I love that you're kind of 
I feel like it's a two prong process that we yeah. talk often about transitions, especially mornings, which are so tricky, especially when there's a line. It's not like, okay, today we won't go to the park or today we won't go to no, that it's daycare. Like, it's like speed every morning. There's a bomb on the bus. Like I swear it's so stressful and we're all triggered by that time. We totally limit, are. Right. Yeah. But I yeah. love that you kind of point to that logistical thing, especially beforehand. So we talk about preparation, presence, and post-processing. Yeah. Those are the three areas in any shitty situation before, during, after that we right. can keep checking yeah. back in on and thinking about and journaling about and talking to a partner or a friend or a listening partner about, right? Yeah. But I think the logistical thing is huge. What can I do beforehand? How can I talk about what's gonna happen in the morning with them? How can I offload things to my partner? How can I be up earlier? How can I plant seeds? How can I limit obstacles? How can I have fewer demands on them? Right, mm -hmm. how can I do all those things? But also, so much of this is a mental reframe. Yeah. Connection-wise, too, to our kids to say, I am your ally. I am not your driver. I am not your reminder. I am not yeah. your drill sergeant. I am not your hall monitor. I used to be, because I was stressed. I'm just saying in the moment, right. your mental right. thing. But you can have what that conversation my also. Role, yeah. My new role is I am sensitive support staff. I am on this. Even when things are stressful, feeling a little stressed, feeling a little late, a lot of that is saying, I'm going to let that go on in my head. And I'm not going to say all that out loud. We're going to be late. We're running behind. You're not doing the things. How can we kind of tune into that subtle support staff role, which we talk about so much yeah. with our coaching clients. And we're going to be talking about so much in our membership. How, yeah. how, who is this kind of like avatar person that I want to be in those stressful moments to show up in a way that builds allegiance, that keeps us connected, that feels a little more wing, wink, winky, wing manny mm -hmm. than Gotta go do that. Why haven't you done this? Like all of these roles. That's that a leader instead of a boss. Right. That, that amplify that stress for a lot of us. Yeah. All of those things that we feel compelled to say in the morning and in transitions. Why haven't you done this? Remember this. We're going to be late. All those things. Stress on stress on stress on stress for them and for us. So I think one of my number one recommendations would be say less. <laughs> say less in the morning. Clothes go out. Set them next to the child. Hold them up like this. Pretend that you're just mime it, mime it, mime that shit. Say less, right? Breakfast then, comes in, hold the plate like this. If you can say more, then get connected, get goofy, get creative, get collaborative. Curious. We curious. Yeah. We don't always have those skills in the morning. We get it. So very That's often why I said say it less. requires that we just do more just and say less. Nodding, showing. <laughs> uh, but I love that you're also thinking reducing obstacles, reducing <laughs> demands on our kids. Can you imagine? Like, I remember there's one video that we have, a family video. Like a, a dad big a, camcorder. Like, yeah, we didn't have high tech in our home, but I think our dad borrowed a camcorder from someone. And it's like a day in the life. It is so wild. And I, I, I just remember, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I remember the, like we're in bunk beds in the duplex and dad comes in and sees us and kind of wakes us up. And then I, I like, I visibly get out of bed and I'm like brushing my teeth and doing stuff. And like what feels like forever later, he goes in and you're still like standing, hanging on the upper bunk, just standing there like this. I was, just a, I was a slow riser. Yeah. And I, so I think so much about these morning routines is again, thinking about needs. Mm -hmm. What type of need do I have in the morning? What type of need does my child have or children have in the morning? 
Are they quick, early to rise, where Kelsey's kids are like on a third breakfast? So they need, they have high demands in the morning. My kids are very low demand, but they're slow and like molasses. Don't sound right? like that's a complaint or it, something. It, is, it <laughs> actually sorry. is in some ways if you're trying to move them forward. But it's just a personality. It's a way that they're moving through the world, mm-hmm. right? And then I have to deal with myself where I'm like, my husband's always like, Han, you should get up half an hour earlier. And I'm like, I can't. It's so hard. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So we're all dealing with these multiple like nervous systems, personalities, yeah. wake up, um, you know, um, preferences, preferences yeah. all these things and saying, how can we make it work? Mm-hmm. Instead of putting my kids like through my agenda and my lens of the morning, mm-hmm. how can we be adjusting and being aware of everybody's needs? When my kids realize, oh, they move a little more slowly, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So what can we do? I move a little more whatever. I love that attunement lens. Yeah. How can we help our kids attune? Oh, mornings have been so hard. Oh, they're tricky. Start a conversation instead of, so I need you to make a better choice tomorrow. So I need you to wake up, listen to me, have your stuff ready, be ready to go in the car because I cannot be late. And no just, pressure. And I want to stress the fact <laughs> and stress you out that I cannot be late. Stress, 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 stress. How instead can we say, oh my gosh, mornings have been a little hectic lately. Have you noticed? Sometimes I'm just like, hey, let's go. Or that time that I kind of dragged you by your backpack or that time that I had to force you into the car. And I'm so sorry I did that. They've been hard. Mornings you're needing this. And this and this I'm needing this and this and mm-hmm. this and it's like how can we make it work I'm just trying Gosh. to figure out what what everyone's needing and how we can get all those needs met so what can we do it seems like you like to wake up like this you don't like it when I open the blinds is that right mm-hmm. would you want like a slow song on what would help you kind of relax into the morning by 702 ish yeah. what would help and even saying times could be really stressful. inflammatory and stressful yeah. to some kids mm-hmm. right talking about times and exact things some kids really like to know those things mm-hmm. and it helps them achieve those time limits and it's like a challenge so it's like a ticking time bomb and just others it's like it. oh my gosh yeah. it's pressure <laughs> upon pressure so yeah. knowing your kid in those moments too but just being part yeah. of a team like we mm-hmm. talked about before like allyship What can we do so we can all get our needs met before we leave? I cannot wait to be in the car with you. Listening to your favorite song, I'm picturing it cranked up, the windows down, the wind in our hair. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I'm picturing. So how can we get there? Or I'm picturing you immersed in your daycare, immersed in school, immersed at grandma's and so into it. How can we get there? Let's figure out some steps. What have been our obstacles? So dressing, that's been hard. How, can I bring you some clothes or could we lay them out ahead of time? Um, brushing teeth, that's been tricky. Should we do that maybe like at lunch instead? Has it been too stressful? It could be optional. Mm-hmm. I'm a proponent of optional toothbrushing based on my kids' needs, nervous system needs. What else? What can we do? Could I have um, a little menu? Like I literally write out three things and you circle the one that you like for breakfast and yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Does that sound good? Do you have any ideas? Mm-hmm right? And this sounds a lot like permissive catering to a lot of people who are like, get your ass out of bed, get do what I into say. the car, eat your food, do those things. And I think often we potentially set up obstacles for ourselves, right? We've worked with a lot of people who are like, I don't know what her problem is. She just can't get to the car. And we're like, well, what does she have to do before then? And they're like, empty the dishwasher, finish her homework, take a shower, brush her teeth, 
clean up her room and we're like, oh gosh, like I don't do any of those things before I go anywhere. That sounds kind of like a lot of stuff maybe, maybe a little too much, you know? So I think how can we be meeting our kids where they are Mm -hmm. and saying, this is feeling like too much maybe? Is this sounding like something you could do? Should we experiment? Right. What could we do? And I think just even just creating that conversation of, I don't have any ideas. What could we do? And just sit in that and wonder. Well, a day, a week, whatever. Realizing that the ultimate need is ours, that our kids go to daycare so we can go to work. So the very least I think we can ask is, how can I make it enjoyable and comfortable for you to do this thing for me, which Mm -hmm. is ultimately for us, but they don't have to get that and they shouldn't have to get that at this age, Mm -hmm. right? It's just kind of unrealistic. So I hope that was uh, somewhat helpful. I think getting out the door in the morning, God, that's like one of the number one things, Mm -hmm. right? So hopefully that felt a little helpful to realize it's okay. It's so normal. Mm -hmm. There's so many things we can do to build that awareness, build that camaraderie, build that um, kind of curiosity and innovation between Mm -hmm. us and our kids because it's an investment. It is. And these are the conversations that we have and are going to have in our membership community saying, how can we do this around bedtime resistance, around homework resistance, around screen time thwarting, Mm -hmm. right? Around sibling struggles. What can we do? Let's try to meet everyone's needs. All of these moments of resistance, of conflict, right? That's, That's like the hard spot and it's also our happy spot. Well, it's the growth point right there. And I think the investment we're talking about is when we can be practicing these things and working on this with our kids, it it moves to other, always, always. no, but it moves to other areas. Like you said, Kelsey. So we start with it, getting out the door Mm -hmm. in the morning. We figure out what are you needing? What am I needing? What do we do? And then we start realizing, oh my God, my kid is saying, what are you needing? What am I needing? What if we do at bedtime Mm -hmm. or with a sibling in a conflict? right? It, it actually keeps going. Mm-hmm. It's a skill building infrastructure, right? And nonviolent communication process mm-hmm. that can really lend itself to so many other areas of our kids' lives, of our lives. It's kind of right? like when you like clean out your purse and then you're like, I'm going to clean out the car. I'm going <laughs> to clean out my kitchen. Oh, what's the junk drawer? I'm going to go through the junk drawer. It's just, it's contagious and a really, it feels good and way. it just keeps getting better, right? Yeah. And getting clearer and spreading farther. Um, and then it's also one of those things that our kids can take into other areas of their lives without us also, right? So that when they're in a time where they're like, I'm feeling resistance against something, mm-hmm. they're not going to immediately think, but I need to do what I'm told. They're not going to be able to think right away, but they said so, so I got to do it. We don't want them to do that. That's like, that's really scary as far as abuse prevention goes. We don't want right? their voice to be overriding their inner wisdom and authority. We want their voice to be overriding the external lens, right? Or at least prioritized above the external lens, yeah. right? So, so much about this is really setting our kids up, not just for success in our own relationship and in our families, but in their own lives someday in really understanding what they're needing, what other people are needing and how to get those needs met. I love that. I love that you're pointing to that internal voice. Like that inner voice comes from, as parents, our outer voice. The way that we interact with our kids in those moments of conflict and those resistance moments is the way that they're gonna be thinking about them later when they're like, fuck, I don't wanna do the taxes. Instead, they're like, I'm gonna watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, avoid, just, avoid, scary. avoid, avoid. Or are they gonna be like, why don't I wanna do the taxes? <sighs> okay. Or it's feeling overwhelming. <sighs> Maybe I need to take a shower. Okay, or maybe I have some um, anxiety. I'm going to call a friend to talk about it first. Or maybe I need to um, do it in small bits. 
little increments. Mm -hmm. Maybe I would feel better if I cleaned up my space a little bit and then I could sit down at a clean table to do them. You or don't maybe... think about the way we show up with our kids <laughs> in a shitty morning transition or when my daughter doesn't want to go to camp as life skills training. But it is literally life skills training. It's the training that none of us got at home, at school. Love you, mom and dad. Maybe anywhere else. Maybe eventually we got the hard knocks and figured this shit out. We're figuring it out now, right? But this is the opportunity we get to have to support our kids in learning it, to heal ourselves in relearning it, unlearning mm -hmm. it, right? It's pretty cool. And someone said they wanted to it's join our cool. class to learn more. And yeah, it's the membership community that's coming up. Um, you can learn more in our link in bio or at upbringing.co forward slash join. Mm -hmm. It's in the show notes there, but we're going to talk about this all the time with all of you and not just why all of these things are so important using powers beyond control, but how to actually go about it, how to have those conversations, how to backtrack after all the shit you've done for a long time, understandably with the best of intentions and say, how can we start fresh? we can do this. Right. I love it. Thanks for being here, everyone. Mm -hmm. It was so fun. I know we didn't get a lot of questions this time. Everyone was just kind of listening. In we were a little, going. a little ranty. Yeah. And I hear like, maybe my kids are coming in. You better Thank go. You. <laughs> um, we'll be back soon. We're going to start doing Q and A's again, uh, more regularly. And thanks for being Reach here. Reach out with any questions, any comments, any thoughts, any feelings. We're here. You're doing an amazing job. You should be so proud of yourselves. Um, I hope to connect with you really, really soon.